It's Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or the Griggs B. Let's get into the action. What is going on, Auburn? It is so good to be back. Daniel Locke, Griggs Blankenberg, this is the Eagles Nest. We've extended the two hours. We had a great summer, but we missed this so much. You may have seen our short Omaha special we did on our YouTube channel back in June, but it is so good to be back. And the best way to do this podcast, face-to-face with Mr. Blankenberg, goodness (laughs) gracious, a little early for that. Griggs, what is up? Yo, what's going on? Year two of the Eagles, uh, second semester of both of us doing Eagles Nest, third full semester for you doing this, but first one doing two hours. And we don't have to do the two-hour specials anymore because they're all the two-hour specials now. Hey. But three hour specials. That's gonna have to like start at nine. <laughs> I got classes later on, but yeah, I'm excited to be back. Yes, but Daniel mentioned earlier the YouTube. If you want to watch the Omaha special, go watch that. Very cool. We have it on our socials. Do that. But first, and that'll be our kind of backup plan for whenever, for whatever reason, if we can't do a show in this format, but we want to. For example, Thanksgiving, Christmas break, spring break, summer. Or if for whatever reason we're unable to get into the studio, that is how we are going to do it. So definitely keep that in mind. And like Rick said, just get that off our Twitters. Yeah. You guys want to interact with us during today's show, two hours, you can hit us up on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at the Griggs B. But yeah, Daniel, you ready to just jump right into it? I'm so ready. I've been ready this whole time. But I'm not exactly over the moon about what we're going to be the talking first topic. about first. Uh, well, so... Yeah. You want to do it or do you want me to do it? Yeah, I'll just lead us in. Let's do it. So when Griggs and I went home, well, just like when everyone else went home, um, the Boston Celtics had played two games against, no, yeah, two games against the Milwaukee Bucks, splitting the series 1-1 at that point. So we can just take the playoffs from there so that way I can kind of make a glory run for a little while. Got off to a fantastic start. You know, take the Bucks seven games. It looked pretty bleak after game five. I was watching Game 5 at Truist Park in Atlanta because my Boston Red Sox were playing against the Braves. So me and my friend and my new roommate, new member of Weagle as well, Ethan, were watching that on our phones. And I remember losing that game and just seeing, like, oh, man, this is over. We wasted this contention season. But, no, the Celtics win Game 6 on the road, convincingly, go home, win Game 7, even more convincingly, and... Whenever you can clear the bench in a game seven, you know you've done something right that night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they did it right. I mean, they beat the defending champions. They they had to get it done. They beat probably arguably one of the best players in the world, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, but, yeah, they, I mean, they played their tails off the entire playoffs, really. So credit yeah, to them. They gave everything they had. Then in that Heat series, just seven really competitive games, um, this is another one when we lost game six, when we really kind of had it in the bag. I was sitting at the um, Midway Airport in Chicago, heading to St. Louis. We were mm-hmm. on the plane, hadn't taken off yet. I was, My dad and I were watching the last like five or so minutes of that one on my phone. When we lost that, just once again, the feeling of, oh, man, this is lost. We, wasted, we just crapped away this amazing opportunity for a championship. But no. We, I remember watching Game 7 in a bar across the street from Bush Stadium, beautiful ballpark, by the way, and the Celtics got it done. I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh. But then I was like, 
I don't think we're going to beat the Warriors. Um, but they gave it everything they had, uh, winning games one and three. But that was unfortunately all she wrote. However, if we close out game four, I think we win. Steph Curry is just that good, man. Yeah. I mean, I it also doesn't help you went to, what, game seven in each of your first three series? Or, no, besides the Nets. Right. That's that's honestly – I was I've probably said this a million times to various people. That's what helped the Celtics get as far as they did, sweeping the Nets. Because mm-hmm. then, like, you know, that was a little less work on the front end for a very strenuous back end because it would have been nice if they could have finished out game five and beat the Bucks in six and finished mm-hmm. out game six against the Heat and took that one in six. So that way they would have been a little bit more fresh heading into the finals against the Warriors, who I don't think the Warriors had a seven-game series to hold playoffs. I could be wrong, but I know they beat the Grizzlies in like six, I they think. They beat the Grizzlies in six. They swept the uh, Mavs in the conference. That's what that's what really hurt the Celtics. But apart from them playing round the second round in the conference finals, seven games, the Warriors sweeping the conference finals. Yeah, that, that's, that didn't hurt. That's what hurt them the most. That did hurt. That hurt them the most. But just the way Steph Curry kind of took over, I think it was what game five, uh, five, or game four. Yeah, was that the one where he just went nuclear in Boston? That was because we had like I want to say we had a ten point lead with about eight minutes to play, and then he just I was watching at my friend Finn's house. He just kept just yeah. draining three after three. Just we didn't thought possible. Like there's no way this one's going in, it, and it did. But he finally earned that first Finals MVP when everyone thought oh, Durant won the other one, and then. Uh, you had Andre Iguodala, so Steph Curry finally got that. He showed that he is that guy. Uh, he really, he, really did. He is indeed that guy. So, I'm done with this particular thing. Congratulations to the Warriors. We will see you at some point this year, I'm sure, or definitely at least two or two times. Then maybe a rematch in the finals, maybe not. But this was probably the biggest NBA draft for Auburn ever. Probably, I mean. Let's just be real. This is not what everyone really wanted to happen in the first place. Everyone thought it was going to go a different way. Credit to the Magic. They kept their they kept their cards close to their chest. They tricked the entire world. I remember the day of. I was in. I was at the beach looking at Twitter that day. Woj was saying like, and Jabari Smith is this much a favorite to go first to the Magic. And then everything as it gets closer just starts going crazy. And then ends up Bancaro goes first to the Magic. That kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, it didn't, it didn't. Because well, they, they held it so close to their chest, the card so close to the chest. They, I mean, Woj usually finds out everything before it happens. He didn't even find out until like 15 minutes before they made the pick. Right. Which is crazy. And then the Thunder just were so set on taking Holgram that they just kept that there. And then Jabari goes to Houston. Who Houston, I think, besides Jabari, had one of the best drafts. You got, was it, uh, Eason? Yeah. Mm-hmm, from LSU. And then you had Ty Ty from um, the Kentucky. So that's a really good draft, especially for a team that's building. And then you got Auburn legend. Um, what's the guy's name again? Um, Julian Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Auburn legend Julian Green over there as well. So the Rockets are going to be an interesting team this year. I mean, Steven Silas, the coach there, was once the um, – that's a, that's their coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, Steven Silas, the former assistant for the Hornets. He's a pretty good coach. I mean – Dealing with the, what Houston has gone through the past like four years, going from the conference final with James Harden, one of the best players in franchise history, and Chris Paul, to picking top three in the NBA draft is kind of a quick turnaround. I mean, but think of two years ago, I mean, the Warriors are picking second over uh, second overall. So. Right. Definitely a quick turnaround. Um, congratulations to Jabari Smith as well as Walker Kessler getting drafted 
Originally 22nd overall by the Grizzlies and then traded to Minnesota and then, then traded to Utah. That's one of the first times I've seen in a long time where a, someone who was drafted was traded that cl- quickly after he's been drafted, not on draft night. Yeah, and throw in a draft night trade is on top of that. So he's been with three different teams. and so now he's... he has three different welcome packages of gear. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they gave, the Grizzlies had that whole story about why he chose his number with the Grizzlies. Uh, no. Minnesota had the whole story why he chose his number and then literally trades him two days later. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping he would stay in Minnesota because I really like those um, neon green Timberwolves jerseys. So. But, but the Utah jerseys are pretty sick. Like the, they are. The purple and all that. But They are. If Donovan Mitchell doesn't get traded to the Hornets, which Donovan Mitchell gets traded to the Hornets, it's just going to be he's going to hurt himself or something like that. He'll tear his ACL or something in like You the alluded third game. to it, so we're going to go there. What the heck is going on in Charlotte? All right. So listen to listen to it, man. Well, real not, quick, can we can we have a flashback? Yeah, flash it back. So a uh, key moment in my friendship with Griggs. It is Saturday, February. I don't even know. We were at the Charlotte Hornets versus the Memphis Grizzlies. The with, most expensive ticket I've ever paid to see the Hornets. Play. It was insane. It was like I paid bucks. less to see Kemba return with the Celtics for his first game back. <laughs> That's awesome. Than that. But we were with your brother and my good friend Kent. We had a good time. Went over to see Wake Forest play Miami that day as well. But in the Hornets Pro Shop, I selected a Miles Bridges name and number T-shirt. I probably shouldn't have done that, and I'll let you get into the reasons why. Well, you didn't know what was going to transpire. I didn't know it was going to transpire. No one knew it was going to transpire. I'm not going to get into details. Everyone really knows what I think happened with him, but throwing away the bag that severely I'm not going to get into what he did. That I mean, the max deal, the, the free agency opened in like eight hours. I was literally in my bed when I got the news on my phone before I was going to bed. It was the last thing I checked on my phone notification-wise. And it goes, Miles Bridges arrested for in L.A. for, insert crime there. And just the fact that he was he was the second best player on our team besides LaMelo Ball. He was going to be what we were going to build around. There was talks we could get someone like John Collins from Atlanta to team up with them. And now that Miles is out, I mean, he's got to go through the whole judicial process. The Hornets still have to technically, I think they still hold the rights to him for another year yeah. since, he was an unre- since he was a restricted free agent. And they pulled the qualifying offers. That means he plays out the end of his current deal, I think, or can enter free agency. Mm-hmm. So I think what's going to happen is I don't think the Hornets are going to do anything until more comes out from the judicial process. Yeah, but I but. highly doubt he's playing this year at least. I doubt he will this year too, but I don't know what the plan is with the Hornets. I mean, if what happens if he's found guilty, then yeah, he's he's not going to be on the team anymore, and yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen from there. But yeah, and then moving on with that, you had Montrez Harrell, who's a free agent we were thinking about bringing back, gets arrested in North Carolina, um, and then just all this other stuff. The Hornets are just a mess. There's yeah, and what really mess. sucks is you probably said on this show probably 10 times last year, the Hornets are a center away. We now were. they're a whole front court away. We're a center away, and now we're like, and then we had the guy who we got traded to the Pistons and the Knicks the same draft night. Mm-hmm. We had him from Memphis. I thought he was pretty good. And then we draft the, uh, Mark Williams from uh, from Duke. I mean, he'll be okay, but we draft, and then we, we drafted Vern, Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke three years ago, and now he's no longer on the team. So yeah. we just have never had success drafting the center position in the NBA draft. So that means we got to go out and get someone. Can't get Miles Turner because I think the Pacers, after they missed out on Aiton, are going to drop the bag on him. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just such a mess. They just don't know what they're doing. I mean, I like Mitch Kupchak as the GM. I think it's really it's I think it's really up to the guy, the Nike logo man. I think it's up to him. Because some of the stuff he's made, the decisions, has just hurt the franchise really, really badly. And and that, you would think of all people, he would know what it takes to build a winner. That's what I'm. That's what I was saying. And just the fact, I mean, he's done a lot for Charlotte and a lot. I love MJ, but I think he's a great person to point to be like, oh, the greatest basketball player of all time owns our team. But the fact is you have to hire the right people and mm-hmm. you have to make the correct decisions. And no matter what, you're the one who has the final say on stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we've never won a playoff series in Charlotte. And since it was the Bobcats Hornets, since uh, like 2003 or four, we've never won a playoff series. So it's going to be a rough season this year. But I think LaMelo, LaMelo sounds like he's here for the long haul. He sounds like he's taking the Damian Lillard path. I mean, you saw him tell Jay-Z he's staying in Charlotte with all this stuff. So, But they're about to make LaMelo even more of a focal point of franchise player now. So, Yep, just got to give him some help. Well, maybe we'll try to have our team for Donovan Mitchell, and then we'll have a really good backcourt. But yeah, so no rebounding to speak of there, though. Oh boy, this is gonna be a rough year. But it's always a rough year as a Hornets fan. So, yep. I don't think my NBA season is gonna be very rough, though. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it'll still be fine. I mean, we'll probably you're, open you're gonna be competing favorite. with the, you're gonna be competing with the same teams again as you did last year, but. Yeah. I know we opened the year with the Sixers on October 18th. Yeah, the first game. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Going to be a good year for the Celtics, I hope. Um, they'll prop, uh, They might be the number one favorite to win the finals, but I'm not sure how often the number one, like the favorite, actually wins. I think it's still Golden State since they kept everyone. But who yeah, knows? Maybe so. But, you know, I don't know. It'll be fun to see for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, how about, real quick, Rudy Gobert traded to the Timberwolves. What I mean, do you think that means for them? I mean, we brought that back earlier when we were talking about Kessler. I mean, they're they're clearly in win-now mode. Like, they mm-hmm. just traded away, like, I think four or five first-round picks. They traded away Walker Kessler. I think they might have counted that as a first-round pick. But that's a win-now mode. I mean, you don't have to have Town uh, Carl Anthony Towns play the five. Now, he can play the four and be more of a power forward type yeah. of person. He's got a really good shot and just have Rudy as more of that. I mean, he's won the defensive player of the year, I think. What, besides Marcus Smart, he won the two years before that. So, you're bringing in a really big de- defensive presence. It's just a matter of how the backcourt's going to be. You got the front court figured out, but... And then, moving on to our last point on the NBA for today, Brad Stevens, I love you. I've been a very big advocate for you in Boston. However, I will just as quickly turn on you if you trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. I don't want that to happen. Hmm, that's all. interesting. I thought you were going to say Jason Tatum for Durant, which I would say no, no to. Jason Tatum's not getting traded. But KD, man, he's a winner. Still one of the best. I don't care. I don't like his personality. I think he's toxic. I think he's hilarious on Twitter, though. He's yeah, so well, funny. I'm not. That, that's the difference between a fan of a contender and a fan of a pretender like the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. We, I thought that was a Hornets shot. No, I it really wasn't. I, I like the Hornets, too. Hmm. I'm not going to bully you. I want to win. They just want to beef with each other, that they want to have drama. That's not what we're about. We're about banners. We have 18. How many do they have? None. That's right. <laughs> so the, the number, actions speak louder than words on that. Do you have any closing thoughts on the NBA, Griggs? I just 
hope the Hornets win 30 games. Hope the Hornets win 30. I hope the Celtics win 60. You're listening to the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg. Stick around through the break. We have some NHL talk on the other side. And welcome back into the Eagles Nest, everybody. I'm Griggs Blankenberg. You're hanging out with me and my friend Daniel Locke over there. Last segment, we talked about the NBA, the Golden State Warriors winning the NBA title, and all that's gone on, the free agency. Now it's time to turn into the other summer sport that finished while we were away from school, and that is the world of the National Hockey League. And like Daniel did the last segment, I'm going to toot my own horn here for a second. I remember early on into the Eagles' nest that started, we made predictions on who we thought was going to win the NHL. Daniel, can you tell me who predicted the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup? It was you. Mm -hmm, However, mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. act like that was anything hard. Don't act like you picked a sleeper. You picked the favorite. And why that's good, uh, they you still got it. Oh, they weren't the favorite. Oh, the yes, pa they the, were. The Panthers won the President's Trophy. That That's not necessarily the favorite. Can't if you the, the betting odds back in February, I specifically remember looking at this, had the Avalanche that was as the favorite to win the Cup. Still, I made, Great the, correct, job. I made the correct prediction. Good. But, yeah. I made the correct prediction a million times. Okay, then. But, yeah. So, the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. 4-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning have still yet to win a real Stanley Cup final. I'm not counting the year before. and then the. What's wrong with 2021? Uh, There was like the random like league things where you played the same teams like 30 times. Mm, I don't know. I mean, it was, they made it so a Canadian team was guaranteed a spot in the semifinals. True, and what gets me about that is the games in Tampa were at full capacity and the games in Montreal was like empty arenas. Well, yeah, no one also expected the Canadians to be there, and then the second they get there, then they get swept. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, and no one know, knew like, how they made there it. There is a such thing as a close sweep. Like, if all four games are close, like, that's still a close sweep. They were yeah, not close. No, I, I think the best they did was they lost by two goals. I mean, yeah, that's they were just crazy and good still. But, yeah, and then you had Kyle McCarr win the con smite. He's the next face of the league. I mean, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I think Ryan Whitney was talking about it. He was like, Here's how the NHL breakdown goes for the best players. You, of course, you got McDavid, number one. And then number two, you got McCarr. And then there's everyone else. Yeah. There's like, there's not a No Le Leon Dry's title? Nah, he's just a, he's just a one-timer magnet, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, one-year wonder? Eh, probably. I mean, also, we're not the biggest Oilers podcast, if you guys forgotten, over the summer. Not the biggest fan, but we we were scared there for a second, right, Daniel? We were bit. we were scared there for a minute after they beat Calgary. We were like, "Oh my goodness!" And it got to the point where it was going to be either uh, what was it? Colorado was playing who in the Western Final? Colorado played. Wasn't it New York? No, New York's in the East. I cannot remember. I'm looking at it real quick. Oh wait, St. Louis, I think. No, that was the second round. No. Hold I know on. Colorado I played St. Louis at some point. I have to look this up. This is going to drive me crazy. But, I mean, Wayne Gretzky, we were talking about me and Dan. Yeah, it was, um, oh, yeah, it was Oilers Avalanche and then Lightning versus Rangers. Of course, That's yeah. Right. So it was the Oilers versus the Avalanche. This was the big one for me because I was like, we hate the, we don't like the Oilers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had my pick to win it, playing the Oilers. And they have the best player in the league versus the second best player in the league. No one really, I don't think, any, did anyone really care about Tampa, New York that much? I did. There's a lot going on there. I mean, I a team I, trying to get to their third consecutive cup. You you can argue whether they're real or not, but they were still cups versus a team that you know has kind of been at the bottom since about 2014, 2015, trying to get back. So I thought the East was very exciting. Mm -hmm. The East was good. I like 
but the West was just, you had the Battle of Alberta. That was really good. Um, I mean, the Blues were the ones who took the um, Avalanche the longest besides the um, besides the uh, Lightning in the final. Yeah, I um, my dad and I, we landed in St. Louis that Friday night after the game six ended, and we were looking at trying to make it work till we could land in St. Louis about 4 o'clock because our hotel was literally right across the street from Enterprise Center. So we were going to try to – tickets were only like 60 bucks So because the, the Blues fans knew it was over. So we were doing everything we could to try to make it work to go to that game, but we just couldn't make it happen. And I, I hate that because I really love NHL playoff games. I mean, I was telling you about this. I could have gone if I wanted to to see the – the terrible Hurricanes versus the New York Rangers for not. I thought I looked at like Ticketmaster. I'm like, this is what it's costing to go to a second round game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, to add on to that, and this is just more evidence that debunks the claim that the Hurricanes have the best fans in the NHL, which just could not be further from the truth. I'm sorry. There's there's no way they make that claim. I what what do I say every? What have I said about them all the time? When do the Hurricanes fans show? Yep. Anyways, exactly. Um. For Game 7, it was on a Saturday against the Bruins in Round 1. Mm-hmm. On the Friday night, this is about 11 a.m., my best friend, or one of my good friends, Jordan, lives in Raleigh. He's a Hurricanes fan. He's he's real. He's valid. But I was like, you know, I really want to go to that game. So I looked at tickets, 88 bucks, lower deck. I'm like, okay. I look at flights. It would have been like $400 to fly from Birmingham to Raleigh, which day of, two lesser airports, that, that's a good deal. So I briefly considered it. I was like, maybe I should go. And I called him. And I was like, hey, um, this is what I'm thinking about. And he's like, yeah, just let me know what time you need me to pick, pick you up from the airport if you come. So I Siri'd it. I said, Siri, flip a coin. And heads I go, tails I stay. And it was tails, which, you know, it's all right. But I would have been disappointed anyway. I would have spent a lot of money to see him lose. But it's mm-hmm. fine. But yeah, no, those fans are trash. And the picture at the end of the Rangers series, they all dipped. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought like that was the case for a lot of the playoffs this year. NBA too, fans were leaving like this. Yeah, okay. In Boston, like there, there's a reason fans leave, and it's to get the T out, to get on the train out of there is very, very hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they should, but uh, you gotta give them a little grace because it could be two hours where you get to leave if you don't get on the first couple trains. Um. But you know you're absolutely right. It, it, it can. It, I, I don't like that. I didn't leave a single Auburn game early. We didn't leave Mississippi State early. Oh, wait, I did leave Alabama State early, but I don't think that really counts. I don't think that. I'm trying to think of an Auburn game. I I don't think I left any games early. I don't, I don't think, I, think I, I stayed mean, we till were at every game. The though. end of the Georgia game went like this. Though. Oh, the end of the Georgia game went very quick. So. I forget. I did leave Georgia with about five minutes on the clock. I didn't leave that early. Um, I didn't leave Mississippi State early, even though. We were getting so much slander for that. Besides the fact that we lost that game after blowing that lead, it was it was cold. That it was, was a freezing. very cold game. I think that was the coldest game all year. Oh, I think so, 100%. Because yeah. the Iron Bowl didn't feel like it. I mean, I wasn't here for the Iron Bowl, so I can't really say that. No, but you got to be a loyal fan through hardships and triumphs. That's, that's the story of me as a Saints fan. The part of me that's a Braves fan is – just it's all this season with the Red Sox. It's all about the loyalty during the good times because that is how you deserve to enjoy. Yeah, like me with the, being the Panthers, <laughs> Cubs, Hornets, Blackhawks, and 
Yeah, but by 2013 to 2017, you were high on life. Oh, yeah. 2016, 2015, 2016 was, like, the best year. Besides, you had the, had the Blackhawks win the Cup in 2015. Panthers made the Super Bowl in twenty the February 2016. What sport are we on right now? We're on NHL. <laughs> I said Blackhawks first, though. Okay, fair and enough. Then Pan- and then Cubs won the World Series 2016. And then the Hornets were just the Hornets, so. Yeah. But, yeah. Other NHL stuff, let's just go ahead and get let's, that real quick. Let's do awards. Uh, yes, Austin Matthews won the heart, so that is the MVP trophy for the NHL USA. 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 So, America took that one home. I wish Austin. he was on a different team. I do, too. It's getting tired. for the. I'm, t- I'm almost starting to feel bad for the Leafs, but not really. Um, you had uh, Igor Shosturkin win, what's the goal? Uh, the Vesna? Vesna. Yeah, I won the Vesna. Hey, but we all know, best Vesna winner of all time, Tim Thomas. Um, who won Coach of the Year? Wasn't it the um? Who won the Coach of the Year trophy? The Coach of the Year trophy was won by almost there, almost there. The Jack Adams Award, which is the NHL's Coach of the Year trophy, was won by Daryl Sutter of the Calgary Flames. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, I think that's valid. He's um, his press conferences were hilarious. They'd ask him questions, he'd just be like. I just coach hockey. I'm just here to talk about hockey. And as a Bruins fan, I would be remiss if I didn't point out the first ever winner of the Willie O'Ree Community Award. For those of you who are not familiar, Willie O'Ree is basically the NHL's Jackie Robinson. He broke the color barrier in 1960. I can't remember the exact year. I'm sorry. Is that the person they retired the jersey of this yeah. year? Okay. Um. So they have this new award. And it goes to, this is ESPN's definition, an individual who uses hockey as a platform to teach teamwork, humility, respect, and build inclusive communities. So congratulations, Noel Acton from Baltimore. Oh, this is just a community. Oh, I thought that you were talking about, I'm like, hey, there's no NHL team in Baltimore. Yeah, there's yeah. Noel Acton, though. Yeah. Um, what else? What other big things? Uh, I mean, all the the Blackhawks just trade away every good player that was not named Jonathan Taze or Patrick Kane. So they're the probably going to trade. They're probably, they're probably going to trade them away anyway. Congratulations to PK Subban of the New Jersey Devils, formerly the Nashville Predators and Montreal Canadiens, uh, for winning the Keen Clancy Memorial Trophy, which is the player who best exemplifies leadership on and off the ice and makes noteworthy humanitarian contributions in his community. Evander Kane got snubbed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Um, it, and the last one I want to point out is... The Rookie of the Year trophy. Yes, the Calder Cup, or Calder Trophy, um, won by Moritz Sider. So, congratulations, Morris, of the Detroit Red Wings. I feel like he is a vital piece of kind of bringing this Red Wings team back. I think I think they're going to be much better than they were last year. They have the young pieces to be competitive now. I don't think you can be any worse. Well, you can. You can be because they weren't drafting like the Canadian. I mean, the Canadians went from the Stanley Cup final to the first overall pick. I mean, that's that was impressive. I can't imagine that that's happened many times in any sport, really. I mean, right. yeah. I mean, you had the Warriors that one time after Toronto won the. The final, and then they got the second overall pick. That's the closest thing I can think of. I don't think that's ever really happened in the NFL. No. I can't even think of a scenario where that happened. Nope. But that's all the time we have for National Hockey League today. We're probably going to put it on the back burner for a little while. 
just until October when it comes back. So NHL fans, don't get too sad. We will be covering it again soon. Once again, this is the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Grace Blankenberg. We will be right back. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg. So far today, we have talked about, we recapped the NBA playoffs and beginning of the postseason uh, stuff, um, like trades, whatnot. We did the same thing for the NHL, but now, our first time this year covering a sport that is currently in progress, Major League Baseball. Griggs, we, uh, whew. We're both not happy campers with the way things have gone this year. I mean, you still have a percentage chance that's not zero, less than 0.1% on ESPN's playoff predictor. So, well, well, I knew it was going to be bad to start with. I didn't. That's I'm, the thing. I didn't. This was supposed to be a good year. I mean, if we go back to let me just look at the MLB standings real quick. Um, I mean, if we go back to our preseason show. We had like. My roommate, old roommate Tyler, on the show. We had a bunch of people on. We had um, Harrison on. We had all the people. Bay and Jacob Marks. Um, Were they on the baseball one? Yeah, I promise you. Tyler Graydon. Oh yeah, that was a long one. But yeah, I remember one of my preseason picks. I aren't doing that well. I mean, you had the White Sox, who were. I said we're gonna win. I said the White Sox are gonna win the World Series. I think. Yep. You and Jacob both did. Oh my goodness. And now they're they're two games back of the first and the central, so I guess they still got a, a decent playoff chance. But and how about cow. the Cleveland Guardians kind of coming out of nowhere? I mean, yeah, I mean that's pretty. I mean they got Jose Ramirez. I mean, yeah, but baseball is a sport, and we're about to talk about this. Baseball is a sport where one guy does not change the outcome. I mean, I also didn't expect the Baltimore Orioles to be above five hundred. No, I didn't either. That was crazy. I didn't ex- think that. It's a hard day, as a fan of an American League East team. When you get passed by the Orioles, that was a sad one. I mean, that's the only division in baseball where every team has an above 500 winning record. So We're not above. We're at 500. We're at 500, yes. But we have another game against the Pirates tonight. Mm -hmm. So if we do what we're supposed to do, we will be back above 500 for the first time since a few days after the All-Star break. The Cubs need many games to get back over 500. But they are not in last. In the central, we were for a little bit. I mean, remember when the Reds went on like that three and twenty-three streak, mm-hmm. and, and they showed it like two months later, and they were tied with the Cubs. That was a really yeah. that was a really hard pill to swallow. But yeah, uh, I'll just run through the quick divisions real quick. Winners, uh, or anyone close, the Yankees are running away with the East. They're ten games above the Rays. That the gap has closed Jays. significantly in the last two weeks, though. The Rain Man last night though got them off the losing streak. But, yeah, the Yankees are leading the East. Uh, the Guardians, you just mentioned it, are a game above the Twins, sitting at 63-55. and 55. Astros have the best record in the American League currently with a record of 76-43. and 43. They are 11 games above the Mariners, who have played actually really well this year. They're fighting for that yeah. first playoff appearance since, I believe, what, 01? I thought it was 03. 03, okay. It was one of those 0-somethings. Yeah, so. early 2000s. They're looking really good. I mean, they are. 90, 90.5% chance on ESPN to make the playoffs. Uh, moving over to the National League, we got the Mets leading the East, 76-42. Uh, and 42. They are four and a half games above the Atlanta Braves, the defending champions. Uh, then in the Central, we got the St. Louis Cardinals, who are three games above the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, then the Cubs, who are 16 back. And then in the West, the largest runaway of any of the divisions, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers at a record of 81-35, 17 games above 
excuse me, the San Diego Padres. So overall, I feel like the most competitive division is definitely the AL Central, since in other divisions, like, for example, the Braves are less than five games back, the Brewers are less than five games back, um, that's it. All the others, but in the Central, um, the Twins are one game back, and the White Sox are two games back. So that's the only division where you really have three teams who are right there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the East is, AL East is decided, AL West is decided, and the NL West is decided. But the NL Central, NL East, and um, AL Central are still very much open. Like, for the Braves, that their chance is still very much alive. I know we probably have a large percentage of Braves listeners. So, for all of you out there, um, no, no need to fear. You're still good, I think. You're still going to make the playoffs, which is yeah. a lot better than Daniel and I's team. So yeah, that's good. But then, so glancing at the wild card, um, the owner of the first wild card spot in the American League, to the surprise of many, is the Seattle Mariners. Then the owners of the second and third uh, wild card are in the AL are the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays, respectively. Then you have the Minnesota Twins, who are one game back from spot three. The Baltimore Orioles are one and a half games back from spot three. The Chicago White Sox are two games back from spot three. My beloved Boston Red Sox are four games back from spot three. And then that's really all the teams in contention. The next team's the Texas Rangers, who are ten and a half back. Speaking of the American League, I mean, it says the most surprising thing on here, besides the Mariners being number one, you got the Baltimore Orioles, who are a game and a half out of the wild card, which makes them dealing their best closer even more wild. They threw in the white flag. Yeah, because I remember at the beginning of the year, the over-under for them on wins was 50. And, you know, they've already smashed that. It makes just, it makes no sense why you're in a playoff battle right now. You have a, you're a game and a half behind the, the leaders, behind the third spot of the wild card, and you just deal your best closer like that. What kind of sense does that make? I mean, I know you have a great farm system coming up, but that's not going to help you when it reaches October. I mean, you get to call up a few more people, but... You're giving away your best closer, the guy who's supposed to help you finish the game. Mm-hmm. And with a run differential of only six, you're not winning these games by too, too much. No, you are not. And But they're still competitive, despite all that. The National League's a little bit less competitive. You have the Atlanta Braves in the first spot, six and a half games above the San Diego Padres, who hold the third spot. The Phillies are, have to hold the second wild card spot with a game and a half. No, a half game behind the Bra- um, ahead of the Padres. Padres in third. Uh, Brewers are in the four, um, two games back of the third spot. Giants are five and a half games, and that's honestly about it. Yeah. Um, the Diamondbacks are ten and a half back. Um, so pretty much everyone below them is, and including them, there's just not really a chance here. So real quick, I don't think we talked about this any during the spring, so I'm going to do it now. If you are confused about us talking about a third wild card spot. The MLB is changing up the playoff format. So this year, what it'll be is the team that comes the in each league, the division winner with the worst record will host a three-game series against the third wild card team. And then the first and second wild card teams will play each other in a three-game series hosted by the first one. So for example, in the National League, if the season ended today, the San Diego Padres would be going to play against the, um, excuse me, one second. You got this. I know, I got it. Okay, 
The San Diego Padres will be hang, heading to St. Louis for a three-game series against the Cardinals. And then the Atlanta Braves and Philadelphia Phillies would play each other in a three-game set at Truist Park. So it's really not, at, at first when I saw that, I was kind of confused. But then I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Griggs, what are your like? What are your thoughts on that? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Why? It's interesting because I remember back in 2015, the year before we won it, the Cubs won it all. I remember 2015, it was the Cubs were at the Pirates for the wild card spot, and then Jake Arrieta goes out. I mean, 20, 2015 through like 2017, that was Jake Arrieta's year. He was probably the he was the best pitcher in baseball. You you won the Cy Young the year we won the World Series, and then he just was dominant. I mean, he had like two no hitters in that span too. Right, yeah. So, but then he comes out and throws like a a dime. I mean, that I liked the one wild. I I liked the two wild card teams only because then you had what'd you say the form was the two and a three play, and then they go to the one. No, the third division, the division winner with the worst record will play against the third wild card team, and then the first and second wild card teams play each other. Okay, so the Blue Jays would play the Yankees. Correct. Okay. Okay, I get that. I like there was like the one off thing where they play the best. I mean, it's a one game elimination, so it was a mm-hmm. lot more exciting. You probably, I mean, it's good that more teams are getting in the playoffs. No, excuse me, the Blue Jays would play the Guardians. Okay, okay, but it would be way more exciting. It's way more exciting. You got that one game sudden death where mm-hmm. you rarely get unless you go to like Game Five in the Division Series or Game Seven in the Championship or World Series. Yeah, like I, I'm with you. I don't really, I don't really like it. I prefer just the two teams. Yeah, I, just, I like the two teams better, but more teams getting into playoffs is good. More, it gets more money for them. Really, that's the main thing. But I mean, it give really the main benefit is it gives teams like a, a, a little bit better of a shot. It really it does. I mean, without this, I mean the blue the Baltimore Orioles would be much farther back now, or yeah. and not really. I mean, but the National League would be much more wide wide open mm-hmm. than it would be, but. And I mean, for for me, it's working out good this year because the Red Sox wouldn't even have a chance if they didn't have this. Mm-hmm. But you know, a good thing with that, and I was thinking about this is, no, I would dare to say I haven't looked at the stats, so this is just off the top of my head. I could be wrong, even though I would be willing to place a small amount of money, like an amount less than five dollars, on the fact that no more than one. Maybe two teams has benefited from the wild card more than the Red Sox, because all those years that the Yankees were running things, yet the Red Sox still got into the playoffs. Like, how do you think that happened? So, as a Red Sox fan, the wild card's been good for me. I mean, 2014, the Royals really benefited from that yeah. wild card. That was an insane game. That was yeah. an insane year for them. They had not made the, they had not made the World Series since 1985. That is one it. of my favorite then, single season MLB. The postseason ever. you got. Yeah, Ma- Madison Bumgarner, who throws, yeah, who throws like the best postseason in MLB history. What was the ERA like a point four six? Yeah, it was. It was unbelievable. Great. Yeah, I mean, he pitched the whole game in Game Six against the Royals, and comes out of the pen two days, a day and a half later, to relief for like four innings. That was probably the most single dominant postseason of any pitcher in MLB history. So that was incredible to watch. Um, but yeah, that's. That's what you lose with that one wild card single elimination game. You get all that hype up for just that one game where it's kind of like football, where it's like one and done. Yeah, like last year, um, the wild card game between the Yankees and the Red Sox at Fenway Park, that was one of my favorite 
one of my favorite Red Sox games I've ever watched. That was not a World Series game because that was just insane. So much was riding on with every pitch, just the tension. Because in a game like that, you know, like you mentioned it, one game elimination, everything matters. And you just and you just lose that. Yeah, you just lose that. It's just you're losing like that guaranteed game seven atmosphere mm-hmm. by just making a five game series for more money. So yeah, so we're about to head to another uh, PSA break, but when we come back, the baseball talk will continue once again. This is the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg. We'll be right back. And welcome back into the Eagles Nest, everyone. You're hanging out with me. Griggs Wankerberg and my friend Daniel Locke over there sitting in the captain's chair. We're live in the Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University. It is Thursday, August 18th, and we are still talking about MLB. If you missed any of our past talk on the NBA or NHL or the first part of our MLB segment, it will be on the podcast. It will be uploaded later. Check our socials. The links will be there. But let's get back into the baseball talk and let us start. Daniel, you got something to say? I do. I'm going to give you a question prompt. All I'm right. going to let you answer. Or mm-hmm. if you want me to answer while you think about it, that's fine too. I'll just tell you the question first. Go for it. So what team has surprised you the most? And what team has been the biggest letdown? In baseball? Yeah. Hmm. Surprised the most. Well, I have it's disappointed me the most probably so far has been the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my – I mean, I'm a Cubs fan. I don't like the White Sox. So that was my preseason prediction to win the, win the American League and win the World Series. I didn't expect the Dodgers to be contained to be good, but I probably should have because I'm an idiot. Um, the team that surprised me the most, probably the Orioles. Just the fact that there were bets out there that the Orioles were had like less than like a one percent chance to make the playoffs before it even started. Yeah, that's probably who I'd say would be that. So for me, I'm sticking in the AL East as well. Call me biased. I don't really care. <laughs> the Red Sox. I'm not going to get into it. I've complained enough. And then staying in the NL East. This is really disappointing because the Yankees were supposed to suck this year. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be in fourth. That's where a lot of people had them finishing. And now they have a 10-game lead in the division on August 18th. Yeah, I mean, that's not fun. But also, going back to that, when have we ever broadcast this show as being unbiased? Never. 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 We are, we are a biased sports podcast. Yes. We'll always give you what we feel on and our And we'll teams. be honest about that. I Daniel will say the Saints will win the Super Bowl. I'll say the Panthers will win six games. That's how it's going to work. Um, I don't know about Super Bowl. I think we'll be a. I think we'll be the one, the best wild card. Team. Save it for the next. Yes, seg- yeah, next of course. Segment, yes. But yeah, I mean, but look at the Yankees. Though, if you're looking at the standings real quick, look at that difference between home and away. Home at yeah. home, the Yankees are 42 and 17. Away, they're only three games above 500. They're 31 and 28. Talk so you, about the – sorry to interrupt you on that, but mm-hmm. look at the Red Sox winning more games away from Fenway than that Fenway. I mean, it's almost split down the middle. <laughs> almost, but – 29-30, home 30 and 29 away. But, yeah, I mean, if the Yankees can't win on the road, that's going to be a quite the problem in October, especially if they're not the one seed. The, the season in today, they're not the one seed in the American League. Nope. They'll that, have to go to Houston. Yeah, the Houston Astros. That would be a good ALCS if that were to happen. Just I mean, it happened in 2019. Didn't what it? we know now, mm-hmm. no, not 2019. Um, that was when, when 2017 happened. 20. Oh yeah, was that the one where? No, that was the. Was that the one where they had the walk off home run? Yeah. That, that, was, that was 2017. They were probably cheating during that. But. And then the Astro, and then the Nationals won in 2019. Correct. And then who won in 2018? Red Sox. Oh yeah. Why do I always forget about that Red Sox one? It just all I always I think I always think the Astros and the Red Sox got flipped. 
Uh, I got you. So, uh, no, the Red Sox sucked in 2019. But, but yeah, we did play the Astros in the ALDS in 2018. Do you think the Astros are more likable now? Here's my take on that. Just They have Trey Mancini now. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to hate. I still don't like Altuve. Altuve! I don't really... Bregman's funny, but... I like his YouTube channel. He's kind of fine. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they're still not... Until one of them says sorry or, like, feels remorseful, I'm not going to like them too much. Unless they, unless I said they played the Yankees, I'd cheer for the Astros. and Or then... I, oh, when I said the Braves last year. When the Braves won the World Series, I'm like, the only two teams that would make me cheer against... I, where I would be cheering against the Braves would be the Yankees or the Astros. And so, there we were. So... But, yeah, I mean, other stuff in baseball, let's get into some of the stuff we have. I think the biggest news over the summer has been uh, Juan Soto traded to the Padres. Yeah, <clears throat> that was huge because about a week or two before the deadline, it was confirmed that he did not agree to the extension. And then at that point, everyone knew it was a matter of if or when, not if. He was the highest. He was going to be the highest-paid player in, base, in baseball if that happened. I mean, yeah. At that point, you realize, okay, it's not about the money. I mean, he's already, I mean, think about it. He's already won a World Series. I mean, I think he's, what, 21, 22, 23? Mm-hmm. He's already won a World Series. The fact that team won a World Series is still a fever dream. It really was. I mean, the year after Bryce Harper left, too, which is even crazier That's to think funny, about. The franchise player leaves, and then you win the World Series, which is, I mean, Max Scherzer is just that good. Yeah. Which is yeah, I mean, he you don't want the money at that point. He was offered like what four hundred million, something like that. At that point, it's like okay, no amount of money. I mean, think about it also from a business perspective. The Nationals are about ready to go undergo selling the team. Mm-hmm. Without you are now trying to sell a team without a franchise player on it. I can you point to one person on the Nationals right now and be like, that's the guy who we're going to print on all the tickets. That's the guy we're going to use to market. That was that's the one- guy with banners around the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like you just you don't have that. Anymore. And, you remember the scene in Moneyball? Yeah. Where they had all three of the guys on there on the Oakland Coliseum. They had Giambi, they had um, Giambi, uh, Johnny Damon, and then they had uh, the pitcher guy. I forgot his name. But yeah, and then when the season, next season starts, they just have David Justice. Mm-hmm. That's how it kind of is with them. They don't have anyone to market. I mean, you don't see. I mean, I don't see the the Panthers going out and marketing Ek Guamu on the side of the stadium since we just drafted him. Yeah, it's you gotta have to be an established player to be marketed like that. I mean, I guess the one thing that was different for my teams was Lamelo Ball. They marketed him almost immediately. Mm-hmm. But that's gonna be harder to sell the team now yeah. because who are you gonna point to on the field? Like, hey, here's the guy who's gonna help me put butts in seats and help me earn my money back from buying this team. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. No, which is more interesting. They were trying to give him that much money. Probably more the fact that we could try to earn this contract money back by just putting people in the seats. So let's talk about this. Which team gets back first, the Marlins or the Nationals? That's tough. That is tough. I mean, the whole – I mean, Jeter basically sunk the Marlins. Yeah. But – You said it on the air what Jeter's one objective was in Miami. was just get Giancarlo to New York. Yeah. But I don't really know. I mean, the Nationals are pretty bad, but they've always had a good history of bringing up people. Mm-hmm. The Marlins – I don't really know. I can't remember the last time the Marlins were in like a playoff game. I mean, Jad- I can. When was that? Twenty twenty. Oh yeah, they beat the Cubs. Shoot, but yeah. Um, Before 20- that, two thousand twenty twenty doesn't count. The Nationals, the Dodgers ring doesn't count. They didn't play it with fans all year except for they had a they had a neutral site World Series. You're telling me that's gonna count? Riley Kelton was there to see the Rays. 
If the Rays would have won, that would have counted. Not the Dodgers. Because that, that's fair. Yeah. Same thing with the Lakers ring was the Mickey Mouse ring. Anyone else wins, that's, that counts. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> okay. But then you had... Uh, I just think the Nationals, honestly, even though they have a long, much longer way to go, I mean, the Marlins really just have, like, Jazz Chisholm. And then they have mm-hmm. that one pitcher who the Yankees really want, which is too expensive. Alcantara? Yeah. And then, but Jazz Chisholm's been told, I mean, wasn't he the one that was causing that, like, whole clubhouse meeting and stuff like that? Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to work. Hey, and also on um, the Marlins, we have our Auburn boy playing first base, uh, Cooper Tom. No, no, it's Chicago. Keegan Thompson, Chicago. Yeah, um, Keegan Thompson, Chicago. You know what? Give me some filler. I'm just going to find He's it. been a one bright spot for the Cubs this year. I mean, but last night we'll talk about it real quick. Josh Donaldson, former Auburn Tiger, walk-off grand slam to right field at Yankee Stadium. Helped them get out of that losing streak against the Tampa Bay Rays. Walk-off grand slam is pretty cool, even though it was for, it was for the Yankees. Garrett Cooper. Garrett Cooper, that's what I remember that. He, he made the All-Star game. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember that. But, yeah, I think the Marlins have a better chance of or Mar- oh, the Nationals still do, just because of the way they've developed people. I've never really heard about the Marlins franchise, uh, Marlins yeah. um, minor league system being all that good. So let's talk about Fernando Tatis. He doesn't play any this year because he has a wrist injury. He was he... coming back in like two weeks, they said, before oh, really? this all stuff happened. I didn't know. Wow. But then, yeah, keep going. Now, for suspended for 80 games, which is going to cut into the first about third of next year. Not third. 30-ish, or, yeah. Yeah, he'll have a little less than 40. We'll just say 35. For yeah, he'll miss like 35 games. Yeah. Next year. So you've got all the way up until like next late May, early June, before you're going to have Soto, Tatis, and Machado all out there on the same field. If I'm coming from the Padres' perspective, you're like, okay, this kid who's not even played a full season yet, let's decide to make him our franchise player and give him all this money. Just a little side comment on that before I forget. I promise I'll hand it right back to you. The Braves jumped the gun, I think, on Michael Harris II. It's his first year. Well, the Braves' contract has been stupid. You pay Acuna, who's supposed to be the best player in your team, the person who's the most electric in that, you give him 10, for, 10 years for $100 million, and then you go out and pay Austin Riley 10 years $300 million. Yeah. Which made no sense to me. I thought Acuna got robbed, especially if he can return from injury and be that guy next year. I mean, but, do you agree to it? I know, which is just so stupid on his part. You could have gotten a lot more, I think. Yeah. Anyways. But, yeah, Fernando Tatis, 340 million for 14 years in 2021, the third biggest contract in baseball. He is 23 years old. Uh, he's yet – hold on, let me look at his – I'm trying to look for his career stats. It's crazy to think that, like, the when we were born, these guys hadn't started school yet. I mean, he's yet – I mean, 2019, he played. he plays 84 games. 2020, I guess he plays the full season. He plays 59 games. Last year, he plays 130. He's batting an average of 292, which is, it's just okay. That's pretty good. But the fact that they paid him that much money, 23 years old, in this offseason where he gets the motorcycle incident, where he breaks his wrist, and now, is anyone even buying the ringworm story? I'm not. I'm not. That. Why are you taking? Why I didn't even you know humans could get that. Why are you just taking steroids? Why? What are you doing taking steroids in the offseason when you know it's going to come show up on a test? I mean, you have the list of the substances. You have your doctors. I don't know what it is. I mean, some and people, if you're in doubt, just go to the team and be like, hey, can I take this? Exactly, which makes it even more stupid. I mean, that's why people in the locker room and the front office is like, what are you doing? 
we paid you $340 million, and you're not even, you're without pay for 80 games, which makes it, I mean, you have Juan Soto for a, a year and a half. He's a free agent after next season. So you're going to miss the first 30 games with him, 30-ish games, and then you have to come play back then, and then bar any more freak injuries. I mean, you're paying your 23-year-old, you're making the third largest contract in baseball history. He played two seasons before getting that contract. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm kind of at a loss for words myself. I Dumb move, I think. I mean, you're on the cover of MLB The Show. You're one of the most marketable players in baseball. I forgot about that. You're one of the most marketable players in baseball. You're going out there. You're taking steroids. You're riding. You're getting in motorcycle accidents. I think that wasn't even the first one he's gotten into. No, it wasn't. It's just now you have to think, like, how is this going to transpire in the year? I mean, I don't believe my heart. I don't think after paying Fernando that much that Juan Soto is going to re-sign with the Padres. I don't think that's going to happen, especially for the amount that he might want to command. True. It would probably be the Dodgers or something like that, or the, maybe the Yankees. I don't know. I hope not. Anyone else but them, too. But they got the most – I mean, I don't think the Cubs are going to take him. Yeah, y- y- Cubs, y'all take him. We That'd got, be fine. We got money. But yeah, y'all got, y'all got to be a top-five team as far as money. We're going – yeah. <laughs> You've got we, they said we're going to go out and uh, – I think it would be awesome if we got the Grom. Yeah, why don't healthy. y'all do that? Y'all have the money. Why don't y'all buy people? I don't I mean, we, we do it. We were going to buy people. We just didn't want to pay for – I mean, I think the Bryant and the Bias move was now good looking back at it. I mean, I don't know, like what we got for them. I mean, I still like them as a player, but Bryant's not played well this year. Buys and play well. I mean, the only one that Trady's still done anything is Rizzo. So, but I think I think we're gonna make a big splash this offseason, or at least that's what management says. But yeah, I um, but you gotta do something to keep Cubs faithful. Keep showing up. I mean, they still do show up. That's I not, know. That's not the. I mean, they were showing up when we weren't like barely winning in the early two thousands, sure. early two thousand in the two thousand ten. Sorry, but yeah, but that is gonna do it all for us on the MLB first hour of the show. If y'all forgot, we're now a two-hour show. When we come back, we're going to get into the world of Auburn football. It's almost football season, people. Good Lord. We're almost back. We're going to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is always Griggs Blankenberg. So far today, we have covered the end of the NBA and end of the NHL seasons. Then we talked about baseball for 30 minutes. A lot of great material. Um, If you missed it and want to hear it, it'll be on the podcast version of today's show shortly after we get out of here. But now we're back on the plains. You know what that means. Football starts two weeks from Saturday. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We don't know how many games we're going to win. But nonetheless, we'll do our best. Oh, my. Oh, that rhymed. (laughs) <laughs> oh god okay but yeah so i mean the talk is every i mean that's the most position on the most important position on the field it's that qb1 uh i think now it's gonna it's going down to tj finley last year's quarterback for the last four games of the season is that correct yeah and mississippi half of mississippi state south carolina bama and then the bowl game so yeah basically four so you got him didn't really show out and impress too too much last year, minus that one game against, minus the one game against um, Georgia State with the last second touchdown, which we should not have been in that position to begin with. God, man, that was the one good thing about that day is I got to meet your brother. Um, I really, I could just go without the rest of that. I mean, that game, I was that was the Dylan Cardwell. Yeah, 
that's the Emergency. one like game where I've been disappointed that it's been that hype. Yeah, it should not have been that hype. Where I have videos no. on my phone just going crazy and after that. Yeah, but then uh, other quarterback we got in contention is Texas A&M transfer Zach Calzada, who already holds a win over Alabama. One of two quarterbacks last season to win against Alabama. The other one being Stetson Bennett, of course, in the national championship. T.J. Finley should be on that list. Of, be oh being a, yeah that was yeah we're not oh, gonna, yeah, no, we're not going to talk mm, about that I should have, yeah but who's going to be QB one I think from what apparently is going on now is TJ's getting a lot of the first reps maybe that's because of a loyalty thing I don't know I think everyone assumed coming in it was going to be Zach's to Zach's to lose and right now apparently it's losing. Yeah, um, that's who I would have banked on is uh, Zach Calzada, but I don't know, man. Like, I just don't really know. Um, it could be either or at this point. I think it's a 50-50 shot. But, again, if I said, what I said was to- talking to Daniel with before we came on this, for this segment was that whoever is the starting quarterback is not going to be pulled in the first two games. No. I think we're going to – Hopefully we beat Mercer and San Jose State. If they do get pulled during one of those, it's, it's a gonna problem. be a blowout. It's or, a problem. It's gonna be a, no. It'll be a blowout. I know, I know. But if the starter gets pulled, that is serious cause for concern. And I'm not talking about if it's a blowout. If it's not a blowout and the starter gets pulled, that is serious cause for concern. What I don't want us to do is do what the stupid thing Alabama did. Like what is it? Like three years ago, where they were doing. Some with in the first couple games with Tua, some with Jalen. Mm-hmm. It made absolutely no sense. I don't want us to do that at all. Well, at that point, you have two very valid options. Well, yeah. Well, that's not the case with us. No, we have like four options, and none of them are that great. Yeah, but I'm just gonna be honest. Fair enough, but I would trade three of our quarterbacks for Caleb Williams. I, I wish that had worked out. That I mean, USC is just gonna be start raking in people. In I know, life. but. But what do you, I mean, for about 24 hours there, we're like, transfer portal is just stupid. They need to change that. I mean, you can't be free transferring every single year. No, we have to yeah. just get more money. But I'm just excited to see. I want to see Holden in the blow at least once this year. Yeah. Maybe. He, I think he's going to be interesting. Especially yeah, since, I think he'll definitely play. Especially something. since he got TJ, who's I think this is definitely his last year, right? TJ Finley? Yeah. He's well, only played two years, and he got the extra year that everyone did, yeah. so... Zach, TJ Finley could have four years left. I know. I know. Zach still has. Zach is a grad. I think a grad transfer. I think. I think he graduated from A and M. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, but who cares about that? Um, and other stuff about Auburn football. Uh, we'll do a full Auburn preview later on this year. And what is it now? Two weeks from now? Yeah, we'll do that yeah. later on. Our predictions for stuff. Um, position group this year. Position Zach group. Zach is a sophomore. He must have graduated early from a or something, because I saw something where I thought I saw him walking across the stage. I don't think so, man. He's only a sophomore. I might be losing my mind. Anyway, position group who needs to show out this year, Daniel. Besides the quarterbacks, we know our, probably our best position group is, I'd probably say, the running backs. Yeah, for sure. Um, other than that, just you can keep it on the offense. Um, receivers need a big year, and O-line oh, needs a big year. 100%. I th- I'm not really worried about O-line. We didn't really lose too, too much on the O-line. I don't no, think, but I don't we think, didn't really gain much. Fair enough. But what you were saying is right. Receivers. I mean, I think we could point to two, three, maybe more than that last year when our receiver problems caught up with us. Iron Bowl. You got the Iron Bowl. You Georgia. Had, Georgia. You had Penn, Penn State. State. 
Iron Bowl, Georgia, Penn State. Um, what else? What else do we can can we think of that that happened? Um, USC was just stupid because we just Tank had like 169 yards, but he had like three carries in the second and fourth quarter combined. So yeah, one of the few games that the O line was clicking, and that might be just because of South Carolina's front seven just not being that great. South Carolina's always produced some good corners, though. I will yeah, say that. So they should have kept it on the ground. But, yeah, really those three games – oh, Georgia State, they were pretty abysmal. Oh, yeah. Um, but the whole team was I mean, I, besides besides Arkansas in the games, like the non-conference minus Penn State, I can't really think of a games where the offense sh- – where the wide receiver group showed out. Maybe Arkansas, really. Mm-hmm. I think that was a really good game. Yeah, that was Demetrius Robertson's one, like, really big catch. We didn't really score too, too much in Ole Miss. I think Bo ran one in and then Tank ran one in. And so. then it was all field goals. And then it was all field goals after that. So, I think we had a pick six during that. Maybe not. All miss. Maybe I'm losing my mind. I think we're both losing our mind at this point. Yeah, probably. it's been long. It's been Auburn long. football has a tendency to do that to people. As me and you are both learning, this is our second year being Auburn fans. Technically, well, second year students. I've been a. 2019 is my first year as an Auburn fan. Okay, but, but yeah, it's my second year, so gonna be more interesting this year, I think. Uh, especially since we have a new offensive and defensive coordinator. Yes. This year, I th- we we probably talked about that earlier in the spring, but yeah, we can go over it again. So on the offensive side of the ball, we have Eric Keesaw. He was on staff last year in some capacity. I can't remember exactly what he did. Um, something offensive related. We know that yeah, he was with Harson at Boise State. And then on the other side, uh, Jeff Schmetting, on the defensive side of the ball, was also with Harson at Boise State and on um, on staff in some capacity last year. I know we I remember jo- us joking about Austin Davis's 46 day tenure as offensive coordinator. Oh, what a great 46 days that was! <laughs> I was excited, man. It was very interesting, really, because like you have a quarterbacks coach from the NFL coming to coach at a big top SEC program. Pete Carroll said he would be a huge asset to our program. Maybe he'd help out a lot in this quarterback draw, but maybe it's good having someone I think an offensive coordinator who already knew the people coming in. Yeah. So, especially now that we're going into recruiting and stuff like that. But and then during his time as Boise at Boise State, Brian Harson was frequently referred to as a quarterback whisperer. Now we're gonna have to see that, like today. I mean, the thing is, Bo really didn't play. Let's just be honest here. Often people just didn't like Bo because he was sometimes inconsistent. He didn't really play that bad. No, last he didn't. I can't think of it. Minus maybe Georgia State, the game he got pulled for, and then A and M. Before he got injured, I can't really think of a bat. Before he got hurt in Old Mississippi State, he was clicking. Yeah, I don't really see why. I don't really under- understand why he transferred. I still don't really. I do. He was just treated so unfairly by everyone here. Well, not know. you and me, but I mean, his I, whole fan base. I always liked him. It's just the I did too. The few people, the boosters, run that program. It's really yeah. hard. I mean, that's what happened in January when the whole trying to get Harson out of here thing happened. I just – Bo made – okay, Bo didn't beat – Bo was the only quarterback besides uh, besides Stetson Bennett and Zach Calzada to beat Alabama, who is still currently playing in the FCS uh, – FBS. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. That is correct. He – we were – what were we before he got injured versus Mississippi State? We lost versus A&M. Oh, we, we lost versus – We were 6-3. and three. We were 6-3. and three. Are we counting the Mississippi State game? Was that six and three? Yeah. After Mississippi State ended, no, wait, that's going into Mississippi State. We were six and three. Yeah. Bo gets hurt. He doesn't play the third, the third, and the uh, part of the third in the fourth quarter. It was still a close game at that point. Yeah. 
So we'll say this: we were six and three without Bo. We were six and three with Bo. Mm-hmm. We definitely beat South Carolina with Bo. Oh, for sure. And we we win the Iron Bowl with Bo. I think we win the Iron Bowl. But I don't think I don't know about Mississippi State. So let's just call it a. We'll say eight and four. If you're getting mad at a quarterback going eight and four, with we'll just say this right now: subpar receivers and a horrible O line. Bo Bo Nix didn't have the same O line like left tackle to right tackle one time. And he also didn't have the same offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach every year he was at Auburn. Every year, new QB coach, new OC. You just, I don't know what, Auburn did Bo Nix a disservice. And I feel, I feel for the man. Unless he had like a problem with Harson, that's the only thing. Like, I mean, half the players that left are just like, oh, he's not a good, he's different than Malzahn. No, duh. That's why you bring a new coach in for, yeah. you bring in new ideas. So Which, that's that. one good thing about Auburn football, is all like the sucky people are gone. And I, I'm sorry to say that on the air about my own team, but just the attitudes that some of them had, like they just had to go. That is very true. But then you had like, but then besides Bo having a problem with Harson, which I we didn't know about, I don't. And then it's just the people. Why are you berating a college kid like that? Right. I mean, he made a couple bad plays in a few games. He beat Bama in the 2019 Iron Bowl as he, a true freshman. LSU was won by Bo Nix. LSU was won by Bonix. He was scrambling for like 10, 15 seconds, and he went. That was the first time we beat LSU since the 90s in Tiger Stadium yeah, or Death Valley. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the treatment, the the one game you have. I mean, that's why Auburn football is one of the teams that people sometimes like coaches. I mean, two years after um, – uh, who won the, the national championship? Uh, Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik. Two years after that, they got rid of him. Well, he went 3-9. He, he Fair enough, go. but that was true. But the Auburn football just has very little patience. Yeah. And that's going to be their biggest Achilles yeah. heel. Especially from the booster side of it. I mean. Well, I feel like everyone knows the Harson thing was just a sham by the boosters. And at this point, I feel like the PR for the boosters is so low. I feel like in time, that whole situation in January, February is going to prove to be a good thing. Because it's going to change the way that they act. I really believe that. Winning just changes things, man. I know. We just start, if we just win, I mean. If they give Harson time, I think he will. Easier said than done. But, I mean, yeah, I think he's he's a coach that's going to be a program. The people, okay, before we go off the air, the people who are saying that Urban Meyer should come coach at Auburn University. Who said that? I don't know. I've seen it on Twitter the past couple of days. That Some people sucks. have been tweeting that out and stuff. Are you blind? He won at Florida, and then he won one. He won what one at Ohio State, mm-hmm. and then one two at Florida, and then when he goes to the NFL. You get his moral get morals get tested. You want that guy coming into your program with a guy you tried to fabricate morals that weren't his on him. We already yeah. know what Urban Myers are like. Why do you want to bring that into here? I because would he's sooner won. want Ed Ogeron. Honestly, same. Uh, he he might have some moral issues too, but. Okay, I mean, yeah. Other than dating a twenty-year-old, that's yeah, that's which is not illegal. That that's right, I'm not judging. Right, we're getting off the rails here, but yeah, we'll talk more about Auburn football in the next week and two weeks from now. We'll have an Auburn football special that we'll just call it a special. Why not? Why not? Uh, but yeah, when we come back, we got the NFL and some breaking news that it just happened recently. We've guys gotten the word of it. We'll talk about that first when we get back. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle ninety-one point one. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me today, or as always, Greg Blankenberg. Um, we have had a great show today. First day back for the semester. And first time officially being a two-hour show in the spring on 
three occasions we did a two-hour special. Um, But we are permanently a two-hour show. So we have covered NBA, NHL, MLB, Auburn football, and now it is time for the NFL, which some major news just broke. Griggs? Yes, major breaking news we have out of the NFL. Uh, Deshaun Watson will be suspended for 11 games now and fined $5 million. Beforehand, he was going to be suspended for six games. So now the Browns will be without the starting quarterback they traded for this past offseason and gave him a new contract. But he is now suspended for 11 games. If I'm Calvin Ridley, I feel a little bit better now. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I'm still I'm still very, very angry. But I mean, why are you betting, man? <laughs> Why are you betting on your own team? You know that. You've heard the story. Why are you sexually assaulting women? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. He, it's just crazy the way that the settlements have gone down with that, too. You had the, you had all, the, that, all that number, then it got down to they only had four people to go off that didn't settle. Yeah. Which is why the suspension was so low at the beginning. Because they're like, mm-hmm. all these other people, we don't have anything what they said. But, yeah. So what does that mean for the Browns? Let's get into that, the football side of it. Oh, man. Well, for your first 11 games... Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett's the guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so hard to believe that the Browns just went from, you know, like in like, about 2018 to, or 2018, no, they went 0 18. But in tw- or se- seven, six, 16, excuse me, 16 games back then. 17 now. Got it. Um, <laughs> and then in after 2019, the Browns were starting to look up a little bit. And, you know, uh, in 2020, they make the playoffs, so people are like, okay, like this team is next, and then just a complete, you, you've fallen off the face of the earth. I think it had a lot to do with mainly Baker's shoulder problems last year. I mean, that, yeah. that was I don't the, think Baker's bad. I don't think Baker's bad at all. I feel like y'all have got a steal. Yeah, we'll cover that in a second, but yeah. yeah we'll get there. Jacoby Brissett. I mean, your backup QBs now are, the Browns QB death chart goes, on ESPN goes, Jacoby Brissett, number se- is the second one out of NC State. Joshua Dobbs out of what Tennessee was that him? Yeah, Tennessee in fourth, their third backup quarterback, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen still in the league? He was dealt such a bad hit. I almost feel bad for him. This man was a first round pick, and wasn't he like number three overall? He was high. He was tenth overall. Oh wow! But drafted by Arizona, he's just had such a bad. He's had such a bad. Been dealt such a bad card. Yeah, he's been on the. Cardinals for a season. The team that drafted him traded him after the season. I don't think he even played that year. Trade him to Miami, who then trade him to the Falcons next year, and he's now on the Cleveland Browns. This is his fourth team in four seasons. Wow. I mean, granted, last year when he played for the Falcons, he had 19 yards with two interceptions with a 0.1 QBR, but come on. I think he's been dealt a bad hand. I think so too. That's that's wow. That's um, wow. I don't even have words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were playing for the Falcons last year. I mean, the Falcons are not good. I'm still really angry about the time that they almost blew one of their fourth, like last year when they almost blew one of their fourth. Or in fact, they did blow a fourth quarter lead against us, and then we allowed a hail mary to Kyle Pitts. But you know, it happens. I remember looking back at some of his stats. Maybe 2018 when he was the starting quarterback for the um. Or one of the quarterbacks for the Cardinals wasn't that great. Maybe maybe he wasn't dealt a bad hand. But yeah, that's the that's the situation for the Browns now. Uh, let's turn over. We someone we just mentioned Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is now on the Carolina Panthers. He was traded to the Panthers. 
about mid-July, I believe that was correct. Yeah. Yeah, mid-July, Baker was to the Panthers. He made it clear that they decide, hey, we picked Deshaun Watson over you. He's like, okay, I want out. Even if he's going to be suspended, I don't want to be here. I feel, you know, like, look, he was injured last year. Mm-hmm. Like, in 2020, Baker was really, really good. I mean, somebody even called him a top 10 quarterback in 2020 based off Which that you season. can definitely make that argument. You can definitely, I wouldn't call him a top 10 quarterback right now. No. But he definitely still top 20, though, in my opinion. Yeah. For sure, I mean, for sure. I mean, there's definitely. I mean, he could be Seattle, Drew Lock or Geno Smith, week yeah. one. So, but yeah, Baker Mayfield. I before we knew you knew this about me. We've talked about this all summer, some, and then we talked about some on the air last year. I was a very pessimistic Panthers fan this season, coming into mm-hmm. this season before Baker. I'm like, I hope we lose every game at the start. I hope Matt Rule gets fired immediately. I just don't think it's going to work out. That has all now changed since Baker Mayfield's come into the picture. I tweeted this last night. They're all the athletic reported that the Panthers are close to naming Baker Mayfield. Matt Rule said he wasn't going to name a starting quarterback before the Patriots game. The Patriots mm-hmm. game, the Patriots preseason game is this weekend. Let's talk about how nuts that's been. <laughs> that's been crazy. Just yeah, I'm not even going to get into that. That's just been bonkers. I don't want to. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, the report out of it has been that Baker is. Most likely going to be expected to be the name of the Panthers starter week one versus the Browns revenge game. Panthers are going to be my pick for who you got whenever that happens. What? Yeah, he's a lot better than Sam Darnold. He's Is that a, in Cleveland or Charlotte? That's in Charlotte. It's a lot. Let's go. No, Let's go. Come on. No, same you, week. You know you home, want to. same week as a home game. It's San Jose State. Well, it'll be. We'll leave after the game. I said. I said I wasn't going to give the Panthers any more of my money until they fired Matt Riggs. Oh my gosh. Didn't you want to go to the Falcons-Saints game? That would be boring. <laughs> but, yeah, Baker is on the Panthers. He's going to – Sam Darnold's just – I mean, he was thought to bat a hand in the beginning, but now he just can't make up for it. I mean, Robbie Anderson was our first best receiver in 2020. Last mm-hmm. year was our second best. He, he had a career year with Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. Yeah. And then he gets away from Sam Darnold. He has the best year of his career. Sam Darnold comes back. He doesn't do as much. He visibly upset with him on the sideline, even though he didn't really want Baker to come to Charlotte either. But I think Baker will be a lot better quarterback once because he's he's been to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not, doesn't have the experience of like Cam going to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but he's someone. Yeah, and we like, got him. The AFC North's a rough house. Mm-hmm. So, and if we get if we get lucky with um, Baker, I mean, here's the thing: Baker and Sam are both on the last deals with their contracts. Mm-hmm. If neither of them work out, okay, we didn't really do anything. Right, See you, you later. gave up a fifth round pick too. Exactly, for this. we so, gave a fifth round pick for Baker, and the Browns ate most of his contract. Yeah, they're the Browns are paying for him to play for y'all week one. We're basically yeah, we're basically using house money. They paid they paid fifty six million dollars for this year, so I think yeah, fifty six million dollars so that Baker Mayfield would try to beat them to get with Jacoby Brissett as a starting quarterback. So. But what else should we talk about with the info? We're gonna get more in depth, folks, once we get into the seasons. Just this is kind of what some people call the sports lull of the year, right when the NFL preseasons. My favorite's happening. in action, so I'm not in any lull. Well, you got baseball though, but as we said, both of our teams are under underperforming. Mine are achieving what they were projected to do. Yours is, yeah, yeah. But one more, uh, a few more things. Zach Wilson injury was looking a little bit better in preseason before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Injury is. A, a, Suspected to keep him out until he's fully healthy, which is what reports said week two or three. So Joe Flacco, is he elite? <laughs> uh, I don't think he did. I, like, okay, the defense won that Super Bowl. Fair enough. 
Um, however, Joe Flacco didn't play horrible. Yeah, I don't think he's bad at all. I think he'll be. I think he'll be fine. I think like him and Andy Dalton of the Saints are the two best backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and then Sam Darnold. Yeah, um, he's a good backup. Yeah. He's not a good starter. He's not. Right, we're not talking about stars. We're talking about backups. I know. He's just. I mean, yeah, his star best starter because is he played in the league? Yeah, he started. He's played. Yeah. He started in the league, but <laughs> he's not been officially named a backup yet. So fingers crossed on that one. There's no way he's not. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, you got Andy Dalton there. Who best backup quarterbacks in the NFL? You got Nick Foles. Where's wait no best backup quarterback Gardner Minshew? Yeah, I like him a lot okay. out of Philly. I I'm like. How does he not be a star on the team? You, if you're Seattle, he's definitely better than Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he won what? He won like what six, seven games with the Jaguars. You know how hard that is to do, right? When yeah. they were actively trying to get them to just lose. I I went to a game that season. I got to see him play Atlanta, and I was like, dang! Like I was rooting for the Jaguars because you know anti Falcons all the time. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I saw him play in Carolina when they played in 2019, but. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, 2020 Gardner Minshew is better than 2021 Trevor Lawrence. Oh, by the way, who's the Jaguars coach now? Doug Peterson. That's right, Doug Peterson. Well, if he doesn't work out, I have a suggestion. Their third head coach in three years, go for it. Maurice Jones-Drew. Madden legend. Yes, sir, you already know. Oh, my goodness. Man, stat padding to the max. Um, Unbelievable. He was crazy. I remember I drafted him a few years in fantasy football in a row. The player I always seem to draft in fantasy is Joe Mixon. Every single year it somehow falls to me. I'm like, I'll just take Joe Mixon again. But I got Larry, Fitz- Larry Fitzgerald. Is my guy like that? My dad last night had his fantasy draft. He told me he drafted Christian McCaffrey second overall, and then he had drafted Saquon in the third round. Okay. He had the number two overall pick. I'm, I told him, like, here's you have a very big upside, mm-hmm. but if the downside happens – you're done. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. I think this year I'm going to take, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll think more about yeah. that. Yeah. But NFL is my favorite. NFL is king. I honestly like it more than college football some. Honestly, I'm kind of with you. I know, but seeing that in the South is sometimes considered a terrible thing to say. I but would, well, the thing is, it's like, I'm more loyal to who that nation than I am to Auburn. So I would take a Saints Super Bowl over an Auburn natty. I said oh. that to Jack Clinton oh. last year and he had a cow. Oh, but 100%. Panthers Super Bowl over Auburn thing, 100%. Here's the thing also, but maybe that's not the case if you're like, say, say if you're a diehard Auburn fan growing up in Alabama. Sure, that means more to you. We understand that. But the thing is, I grew up with the Panthers in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I went to games as a kid. That's who the team I would cheer for. Yeah, like I grew up going to a couple Saints games a year, uh, always going to see him play in Atlanta. Just, you know, my that team's always meant a lot to my family. Um, just the hope that they gave my aunt and uncle when they lost their house because of Hurricane Katrina. Just everything. Like, you know, it's more than football at the Saints. But, and I love Auburn. I chose to go here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I could have gone anywhere in the country. I chose to go here. So people say, like, we're fake Auburn fans. No, we're not. I mean, no, we're not. With all the money our parents pay in tuition, we're not fake Auburn fans. Get out of here with that. I mean, we're real. I mean, who's talking about Auburn football on the radio? Not many people. Right. And we're students. We don't. We don't have to do this. Yeah, but don't come at me and Griggs anymore. We're tired of but, all the hate. But, but yeah, our teams like I grew up. You know, 
in Charlotte with the Panthers. Right. That's who it was. Every Sunday, I knew most people around me were Panthers fans. Mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up on Auburn football. I think that's more about you growing up, what your most passionate was about, than what it is now. So right. Kind of same. So people, like you said, Jack grew up a huge Auburn fan. I expect him to stay a huge Auburn fan. That's why he, him saying a national championship for them now would be more than whatever NFL team he's cheers for. But, but yeah, we just, we ran on a little bit too long about that one. But that's fine. NFL is king, so we're excited for that to come back. But when we come back, we're gonna our last segment before everyone's favorite returns. We're gonna be talking about the world of college sports. A lot of happened during over the summer, and a lot's happened recently. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle ninety one point one. And welcome back into the Eagles Nest, everybody. You got about thirty more minutes here hanging out with Daniel. Locke and Griggs Blankenberg. Now we transition to the world of non-football, eh, football adjacent-esque. We'll yeah. say that. We're talking about the world of college sports. Uh, over the summer, some big stuff happened. Most notably, we had USC and UCLA declare that they were going to go to the Big Ten in the year 2024. Can you imagine it's you know November in the big house and out trots the University of California at Los Angeles? <laughs> or you got, um, or you, I'm trying to think of another funny thing. You got, yeah, I use Indiana example too much, I think, just because I'm like, <laughs> I said that on Twitter. Well, uh, let's think like, yeah, you got Rutgers going to Southern California playing at 10.30 at night in basketball. enjoy that. Yeah, 10.30 at night basketball. Uh, I thought you were talking about football. Yeah, no. Or you got. Or how about the UCLA women's soccer team going to Piscataway, New Jersey? For- oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the best part. What about big noon, big noon kickoff? On Fox, holy at, crap! In UCLA, That's be like nine in the morning. Yeah, someone said like the uh, and when they go to UCLA, when they, if they have a big noon Saturday kickoff game, it's gonna be um the what's the the whatever the, the tiger the, their version of the Tiger Walk is gonna be at seven a.m. That means their kickoff's gonna start at nine a.m. So I don't know how in the world that's gonna work from that standpoint, since most Pac-12 games are either like four thirty-seven or beyond, usually usually beyond, but. I don't know how that's going to work with them. But adjacent to that is the new media deal came out today for the Big Ten. It is a $7 billion deal, so around a billion dollars a year. It'll start in the year 2023 and run until 2029-2030 season, making it an exclusive deal for Big Ten sports to be on CBS, NBC, and Fox. I like it, but the SEC on CBS intro... Big, I said earlier, we're live from Bloomington, Indiana, to the <laughs> Northwestern Wildcats versus the Indiana Hoosiers. Eh, but someone brought up a good point. I'm like, oh, thank God. Now Auburn's not going to have to play Georgia at 2.30 anymore or Alabama at 2.30 anymore on SEC. Now we can actually get a night game Iron Bowl, which he wow. brought up a good point on Twitter. I forgot who yeah, said it. Yeah, in my whole time like following, because even though like, I haven't always been – a huge Auburn or college football fan. I've always followed it. I can think of one nighttime Iron Bowl, and that was in 2014. Alabama won 55-44. It's the highest-scoring Iron Bowl ever. I think that was a 7 p.m. kickoff, and it was on ESPN that year. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but CBS gets like a game. I mean, they only get one night game a year. I think I remember saying that, which is why people were mad that the Penn State-Auburn game wasn't at night. I wish it was, but, you know, what I can wish we it do? was, but, I mean, we, that'd be three night games in a row, honestly. Okay. But, yeah, it's fine, but still at least it's not 11 
whenever you think you got it bad, it could always yeah, be worse. It could always be worse. So let's be thankful. Always be... Let's be thankful for what we have. Yes. So like having Alabama's first on, time on big noon kickoff. And honestly, if I'm if I'm, I'm I'd be stupid not to make A and M at Tuscaloosa the night game after all that happened with them. Oh yeah. So they, is that I, week three? No, that's the night CBS game. CBS gets one night game a year. In the past, it's been like in 2019, right. it was U, U, LSU and Bama. Yeah, and, I know they've used as LSU and Bama a lot. Yeah, LSU and Bama. In the last, what was last year's one? A and M and Bama. Was that also last year? I believe so. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, we were. Oh, watching, I was watching it after the Georgia. I feel like the Georgia game was on CBS too. It was. They just had the backup crew. Oh yeah, I remember that. Because we were at two thirty, they were at seven. Yeah, but yeah, that deal. Deal. Um, I know the SEC's got a lot. Of, I don't know what the SEC's current media deal is with ESPN. So, but that means uh three hundred million dollars a year after the twenty twenty three football season. So, if that's what the if that's what the Big Ten got, SEC is about to get paid. Yeah, it's usually going to be at least ten, probably twelve. I mean, especially since it's all basketball. SEC is now getting better at basketball. You got Auburn, mm-hmm. Arkansas. You got Tennessee, sometimes good. Kentucky. You have all those teams now participating in basketball along with football. That's and then, like, I know SEC or college baseball isn't a huge thing compared to, like, football and basketball, but, I mean, SEC owns that. I mean, there was four teams in the West this year in Omaha. Right. So, but, yeah, you have to think of it. Big Ten got $7 billion a year. they they're gonna get paid, but the thing is also that now that they have UC, USC and UCLA, is they're they're the first national conference. Yeah. They go from everywhere. They the far that they go from New Jersey, to they California. go from Piscataway to Lincoln, Nebraska, to Ain uh, to was Ames, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you go to uh, Southern California. It's literally all across the country. Which here's the one thing uh, that excuse did, me, Ames is Iowa State. I'm sorry, Iowa um, City. We're right, stu- we're right. stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've already missed a few. This is the first show back, people. Let's calm down. Um, but the deal, what I thought interesting was the deals with CBS, Fox, and NBC. Daniel, do you remember which team plays on NBC exclusively? Rallies. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's not the fight song anymore. Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been in talks between either the Big Ten or the ACC. Now that NBC is NBC has rarely ever done college football that wasn't a Notre Dame home game. That is right. a, that is correct. Notre Dame is looking for more money from NBC. They're like, hey, we're okay staying independent for football. If you give us this amount of money, we'll stay. Now that that NBC is on working with the Big Ten, I think they add that in to maybe use as a ploy. Say, hey, you can still have your thing. You still have priority over all these other teams on on NBC. For Notre Dame football, it's just going to be Big Ten. So when you're, I mean, you have Notre Dame road games on NBC, where in the past it's always been the ESPN late night or ABC midday game. Yeah, and I think the Shamrock Series game has always been on NBC. I can't remember exactly. I, I think that's counted as a Notre Dame home game, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a neutral site because you know last year it was in Chicago and they drummed Wisconsin. This year, oh, that game was so disappointing. They sh- that should have been s- so much better. Bro, I had no hope after Notre Dame only beats Toledo fourteen to seven. I was like, oh man, it's gonna be a rough year. Our college football preview though, that first game, the Notre Dame has, oh, that's 
that's going to be one of the best games of the year. I wish that was at I, – I really want to go to the shoe. I also really want to go to Notre Dame Stadium. So I honestly considered it briefly just – I was blowing off Auburn Mercer and going to that, but then I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. I'm going to go to Auburn Mercer. Auburn is still king. Plus, I get to go to the Auburn game for free versus the – or not free, but honestly. You don't have to spin, drop a bag. And I don't have to drive 10 hours. I, I mean, I drove 13 hours last year to a game, so. I flew to that said game. I know. Very upsetting. But you also planned that out way before. I was True. a week and a half beforehand. True. I didn't even know where we were going to stay when I bought those tickets. But other things. You now have talking about the other things in the conferences. You have all these other teams like – where are they going to be? Where are they going to end? Where are the other, what's going to happen with the Pac-12? What's going to happen? So what do you think for a school like, just throwing this out here, I know you've got family affiliations to it, mm-hmm. like North Carolina, mm-hmm. when you're like, all right, this definitely a big market in basketball for sure, and football, they, they're getting there. So what, what does this mean for them, a school like that who's kind of in a little bit here, kind of getting left behind? With the ACC, mainly we're talking about the teams that could potentially go to the SEC. You got the Clemson, you got UNC, you got Florida State, and if for some unknown reason people are throwing in Virginia, which is really you get the academics, but right. But the thing is here, the deal with the ACC is the SEC's uh, SEC commissioner Sankey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's already said we're not looking at anyone else. We got Oklahoma and Texas. What else can we need? I'm like, okay, that's a fair point. But then you have the Big Ten who's still trying to expand. So I don't think the SEC is going to add anyone time soon. It also doesn't help the fact that any ACC team deal, they are media deals constructed where if they go somewhere else, because the conference has split the money at the end of the year between all the schools. ACC is like, you can leave, that's fine, but the reason you're leaving is just for more money from TV stuff. We get all that money until the current deal, our current deal is up. Mm-hmm. So if North Carolina were to say leave the ACC to go to the SEC, They'd have to give all the revenue they'd make from all that SEC money back to the ACC. Oh, wow. I, I hadn't thought about that. That's the whole reason that, that all those cocks kind of simmered down after like four or five days is because they'd have to – the ACC media deal was constructed in that way. So if they any team leaves – I mean, they, that was before NIL was and all this that's going on now. Mm-hmm. But And it's easy like to tease this sort of thing on social media. You'll get a lot of clicks, a lot of engagement. But then when you're like, oh, crap, we would be losing like $10, million, $10 billion or something. Hundreds of millions each year. If you get, yeah. if the SEC gets that new media deal, it's like, I mean, the Big Ten's getting a billion a year, so they're splitting that between their, what, 16 schools? Yeah, I forget how That's huge. That's still a lot of money. Yeah, but I don't know. I've, I've got to be honest. I'm just not really – I have a little bit of an uneasy feeling about what this means for college sports. I think it's going to be very important that the transfer thing stops it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just free transfer whenever you want. You can't I have agree. like the. You need to have. You can't have the. Um, what's the kid that played at Auburn and then went to Tennessee and now is at Washington State? Powell. Justin, Justin Powell. Powell. Yeah. You can't have people like him. No. You can't have people just. Oh, I'm not getting enough time. Go to Tennessee. Barely played. <laughs> not getting enough time. Go to the Pac-12. You just can't. I like to where it was the fact that hey, you can go somewhere else. That's fine. You got to lose a year. But you got to lose a year. I like that. Now they're just giving them out for any reason. I know. I. That's why I think if they, it's the football is just no longer governed by the NCAA. I mean, mm-hmm. NCAA doesn't do with TV stuff and all that. But they no longer governed football. I think that rule would be put in by people because they just don't want college sports to be completely destroyed. Like we're okay with the athletes getting money. We're for that. It's just the fact that, oh, you're not getting enough money here. Well, okay then. You you just can't just up and leave like that. Yeah. 
Um, I, I really fear for what this is going to mean for college football 10, 15 years down the road. We'll see. I still, I'm still hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful. I think it'll, I think it'll work out, especially if they. I, just, I mean, I think the SEC is fine. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen to them, but no. Yeah, but yeah, that is going to do it for our college football talk. When we come back, the return of everyone's favorite segment, our end of the day, end of the show segment. Who you got? That's coming up after the break. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me, my good friend, Griggs Blankenberg. It is our first show back, first show as a permanent two-hour show. Um, So far today, we have talked about NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL, college sports, and we are going to close it out with who you got. Return the return of who you got last semester. I think we decided we're going to do this as a semester game. Yeah, that way, if one of us is just you know like down twenty games, there's a reset at one point. But yes, we are back. Who you got last year? I won, or last semester I won. Who you got? Congrats to me again. Clap, clap, clap. We should like figure it out when we graduate. We should like just go by for a semester. You get a point, so you're up one zero right now, and we'll figure out something good that like. Probably more like senior year. We'll figure that out. But we'll probably have to come back and remember that because I'm probably not gonna remember that. But eh, we'll know. see. Here we go though. Who you got? We're this we're doing first. We're scraping some for these some of these, which is why we're doing one sport at the end, which we've not done before. But we first have the MLB. These are gonna be all games that are happening on this Saturday, the 20th of August. First game we got is Daniel. The Boston Red Sox are playing at the Baltimore Orioles. So Daniel, who you got? Kike Hernandez is back, Trevor Story's back, and Big Strom's back. Give me to Boston. I'm gonna go with Baltimore. I'm gonna ride the hot hand. They've they're above where people projected them to be this year, and they're a game and a half out of the wild card. And I think they're gonna need to show off. They gotta keep those playoff hopes alive. And it's gonna start with this series. So I'm gonna go Baltimore. Next up, we have one that people might be particularly interested in around here is we have the Houston Astros. They're going to Truist Truist Park. Mm-hmm. Truist Park, the home of the Atlanta Braves this Saturday. Daniel, who you got? I kind of want to go to this game. I'm not going to lie. World Series rematch. Yeah. Um, I probably won't. We got the jungle bowling activity on we do. Saturday. Um, I'm going to go with the Braves. You know, getting the crunch time. Nothing like the crunch time Braves. So, yeah. I'm going to go with Houston. I think Houston is going to come in there. Atlanta's struggled a little bit with certain stuff as of late. If their pitching, the starting pitching, doesn't last that long, they've had some issues. So I'm gonna go with Houston. I think they've been, they, I mean, the best team in baseball, not named the Dodgers. So mm-hmm. gotta ride the hot hand. So I'm going with Houston. Moving on back up, we have an NL, oh, AL East battle. Excuse me. We have the Toronto Blue Jays going to the Bronx, taking on the Yankees this weekend. This is the matchup where Garrett Cole is projected to pitch for the Yankees. Daniel, who you got? As much as I hate to do it, I'm gonna have to take the Yankees. Um, Garrett Cole, home game. Yeah, what more do you need? Yeah, especially since it's at home, I'm going to take the Yankees. We talked about this earlier in the show. Go back in the podcast if you've not heard it yet. Or we said the Yankees have just been dramatically better at home this year than on the road. So I'm going to keep that. Hopefully they repeat itself. I'm going to go with the Yankees. Moving on now, we're heading to Cleveland. Good old Cleveland. where The Chicago White Sox are taking on the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians, yes. Daniel, who you got? You know, I feel like the White Sox have just kind of fallen apart. So, and the Guardians have, you know, gotten back to 
the level they were kind of at in the late 2010s. So I'm going to have to go with Guardians. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cleveland too. They, I mean, this is the closest race we said. This is the AL Central is going to be the most interesting race in baseball coming down the stretch. Um, so, but yeah, I got Cleveland too. I think, unfortunately, my pick of the White Sox isn't going to hold up too much longer. Moving on again, we have the Milwaukee Brewers heading to the friendly confines of Wrigley Field to take on the Chicago Cubs. This is going to be on Saturday as well. Daniel, who you got? You know, I feel like the Brewers are just kind of hot right now, and the Cubs have maybe not thrown in the towel for this year, but just aren't that motivated. So I'm going to have to go with the Brewers. Hey, don't forget, though, Field of Dreams game champions. 1-0, that's all that matters. I'm hoping we could go next year. There's not a game next year. Did you not see that? Frank Thomas is like... Frank Thomas, oh my gosh, shout out Frank Thomas. Uh, he owns the complex now, and what they're doing is they're making like a huge like youth sports complex. So they're gonna make it so it's each year they'll have to make the they had to make the field. So this year was a different field than there was last year. They're having to make the field again. So what they're doing is making it so it's a permanent field, the same like outfield. I'm pretty sure what it has now, so it okay. looks cool. But they're building it up so it's like a youth sports complex as well, like hotels and stuff. I mean, the home the, where they play that game is small to my dad's hometown, of like yeah. five thousand people. So. It'll bring in some stuff. It'll, they're trying to treat it like a Cooperstown thing, I'm starting to think. But so they're, they're just trying to improve the experience. They're trying to improve the experience. Okay. They're trying to add other stuff to it. It's like, hey, besides the Field Dream site and this, you can stay at the site. Right. You can stay with the, they're putting in hotels, complex, stuff like that. Kind of what you, maybe you'd see outside of like a Brave Stadium type of thing, mm-hmm. but also with like Little Battery, League. Battery, yeah. With Little League fields and stuff like that. So, But, yeah, I'm getting back to on topic. Uh, I got the Brewers. Keegan Thompson's not pitching, so we're not gonna win that game. So, but yeah, I got the Brewers. Even though, even though they were an interesting team, they they dealt Hater at the trade deadline. I didn't really fully understand that. I mean, the Padres, they're like, oh, this is gonna be it. We got we're like twelve games behind the Dodgers, but hey, we're gonna push for it this year. So, made no sense. But I got the Brewers. Now we transition to something we have yet to do on this podcast. We are doing a Who You Got segment for the English Premier League. That's right, people. Soccer. Get used to it. Daniel's getting to the Premier League more, too. We're saying in our advert, if you watch it, we cover it, and we're going to do it. So we're doing the Premier League some this year. I think what we decided is we're going to do is we when we were filling this out, me and him had a lapse of judgment. We forgot ties for about 20 minutes. So what we're going to do is if there's a tie, we're just going to go ahead and count that as a loss since – People really count. No one counts a tie as a win, really. No. So we're going to say you got to pick the team. If you get it right, you get the win. My suggestion, if there was a tie, we would just scratch it. But, eh, this is a little better, I think. Yes. But, okay, here we go. First game of the Premier League this this all this weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Or, no, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We have Crystal Palace going to Aston Villa. Daniel, who you got? You know, I've been a Crystal Palace fan since about 8.45 this morning. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to ride with it. Got a shirt on the way. Let's go. Crystal Palace, baby. Uh, I'm going to go with Aston Villa. I think they got to they, – they're better in the Premier League right now. They have – let me see the, the points. They have three points. They've won a game so far. Um, I think they got a good – I think they got a good squad this year. I think I like um, – who's the – I can't remember who in the world is the manager. I was going to say this, but, yeah, whatever. But I think I got Aston Villa. They won recently. They beat Everton, even though beating Everton isn't that hard. But, yeah, I got Aston Villa. Moving on next, we have we have Fulham taking on Brentford. Brentford coming off a inc- really good win last weekend against Manchester United. They are now 
going to Fulham. They're going to London to take on Fulham. Daniel, who you got? Fulham. Fulham. I take Fulham as well. Can you tell me which American National League player played for Fulham a long time ago? Very good. Hmm. Patrick Haynes. That is incorrect. We are talking about soccer. We are. T- it is Clint Dempsey. Uh-huh. Clint Dempsey. I knew that. That was my next guess. Next up on this one, we have Leeds hosting Chelsea. Chelsea coming off a very hard-fought tie against Tottenham last week. They should have won that game. Fired, fired at the end. Both managers received a red card. But Daniel, who you got? I'm going to have to go with Chelsea. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan yet. I'm getting there learning more. But just since my time of being aware that the Premier League existed, Chelsea's always been good. Yeah, I'm going to go Chelsea, too. I think they'll just be better than Leeds. Leeds was, Leeds was firing, uh, fighting relegation battle last year. So I think Chelsea's going to have the upper hand, even though it is away. So I got Chelsea. Moving on next, we have Newcastle United ta- uh, hosting Man City, the defending English Premier League champions. This will be on Sunday, I believe. Daniel, who you got? Um, I'm going to have to take Man City. You got Erling Haaland from Norway. Um, Norway, behind U.S. U.S. always comes first. Uh, Norway is my favorite country, my favorite soccer national team, and they have the best Norwegian player since his father. So... Man City. Yeah, I'm a good city too. I think Newcastle is going to be on the rise coming up soon with new ownership. But Man City is just pretty good. I mean, they won last week, and Holland really didn't do much. They don't really have a lot of attackers minus him, so other people need to uh, step it up some. Uh, De Bruyne, I think, is going to pick it up as well sooner rather than later since he's just that good. But, yeah, I still have City. And finally, our last game of the week we're talking about is a relegation battle, number <laughs> the 20th. See in the Premier League, Manchester United hosting one of their arch rivals. We have the Liverpool. We have Liverpool coming in to Manchester United. That's going to be on. Uh, that is going to be. Hold on. Yes, that'll be. That's on Thursday. Yeah, uh, no, Monday. It is going to be on this Monday. So 20th place Manchester United taking on 12th place Liverpool in a relegation battle. Daniel, who you got? So there are a few things that are consistent in life. You know. Death, taxes, and Man U being good. So we're going to go Man U. I hate to break it to you, but sometimes those things need to come to an end. United have been terrible to start out with. They lost their first match to, uh, to Brighton, and then they lost last week 4-0 to Brentford on the road. Well, you know, I'm new to this. Yeah, so. I know you are. It's okay. Just They have not been good. They were they were they finished sixth last year, and they're in 20th right now. So it's looking very bleak. And with that in mind, even though Liverpool has not performed yet to the standards of what people want them to, I am going to take Liverpool. Very hurts to say that, but that is the case. But I think that's all we got for this week. That is. Um, thank you so much for everyone who listened, and we'll be back next week. Yes, back next week. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at the Grigsby. Until next time, this is Daniel. I'm Griggs. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at The Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagle's Nest. See you next week.